Being Reasonable comes to you from the WHUP studios in downtown Hillsboro, North Carolina. I'm Mark Solomon, and you are taking part in Being Reasonable, the weekly conversation show that focuses on how we've arrived on our steadfast views and our desire to know what is true. To participate in this friendly collaboration, all you need is respectfulness and an honest interest in the truth. We can all improve the way we form and consider our beliefs. And we can do so by being reasonable. One, two. On this week's show, you will hear part two of my conversation with Joelle Thomas, professional intuitive and shamanic practitioner with Phoenix Moon Rising Intuitive Services. Joelle believes that we are all interconnected through a higher power. So are you saying that what's true for you might not be true for me? Exactly. I see. Yes. So we all have different truths. Yes. So can someone believe your belief and that be true and also... Sarah, who has, let's say, the opposite of that belief, and that can still be true as well? Yes. At the same time? Yes. How so? Um, For one, I don't need their truth to become mine. Sure. Or vice versa. I'm just saying, like, what's real in the world, you know? I mean... When it's, sometimes well, perception when I hear what, is 99% of reality, and perception and our experiences are based within our brain. So and if the, I believe it, it's true? Um... I think to a certain extent, yes. To and have, are we say, and do you mean truth is in real or you, or it's your opinion? I'm just trying to understand what, like, what is. What I is think truth opinion mean passes judgment on something external of self. When we're talking about truth, yeah, truth is more. What is it saying to you? What does it pertain to you? How does it? How does it resonate or not? with you in internally like within your your belief system your thought patterns how you feel and so perceive when I think the that world something is true mm-hmm. i think that whatever that thing is true is true it doesn't matter what i believe i can believe it or not believe it whatever that if that thing happened to be true then that thing is true and has no my connection to it is more irrelevant, I guess. That's how I think about truth, and maybe you think about it differently. Well, let's take the principle of gravity. Sure. Gravity we know is real. We know it's real because we fall back to Earth. Yeah, and so if if it's my personal truth Mm -hmm. that gravity is not real, is gravity not real? Gravity is absolutely real, but it's also relative because it's based on the amount of mass a planetary object or structure has. And so the Earth has a certain amount of gravity, but the moon clearly has less, but there's still some gravity there. So it is a relative thing, but it's absolutely real. But if I choose not to believe it, does it make it not true? No, it doesn't. Okay, so that's what I'm saying. Is that, that's my, that, I think that's all I'm saying is that, okay. is that, you know, Sarah believes the opposite of your belief, and you believe your belief, and I'm thinking somewhere there's an objective truth there that doesn't matter what I believe, or doesn't matter what you believe, or she believes, that 
Perhaps it's the perspective of how you define what truth really is. So what, do you, what is truth to you then? Truth to me is something that, well, that's actually a good question. Let me think about that for just a moment. Let me see. Sometimes I speak before I think, so let me see. You and me both. <laughs> um, for me, personally, truth is based on my experience. It's based on my perception. So and truth so, is based on your perception. Yes. That is for my spiritual truth. Now, when it comes to the physical world, like gravity, for instance, there's no point in me arguing that it isn't true because I see that it is true. When so, Okay, I'm okay. going to stop you, but I'm just... No, and I, I, know, I don't really mean to be interrupting you. It's just that you say things, and I'm just trying to... Before you go on to the next thing, I don't, I, forget what you, I don't want to forget what you said. <laughs> and so I, th I think what you're saying is, is that truth works differently for physical things than they do for spiritual things? Yeah. Okay. Truth is relative. It really is. When it comes down to, it's a matter of perspective. Okay. So in the physical world and scientific principles, once upon a time, those scientific principles that have now been proven, like, you know, the, the laws of thermodynamics and things like that, they were once considered magic and ethereal because nobody understood how those things worked. Yeah. But eventually, as we became much more um, conscious and intellectual human beings, we started being able to figure out stuff. It happens in stages. It's a gradual process. So if the second law of thermodynamics happens to be true, I can choose to believe it or choose not to believe it. Regardless, if it's true, it's true. Yes. How does that work differently than other things? Like, how come with your belief, it relies on how you feel about it and what your intuition's about it, but with something else like the second law of thermodynamics, that that, depend, that doesn't depend on what you think about it, you know? <sighs> Okay, so we are part of the universe, okay. but the law of thermodynamics is a particular set of rules that is bigger than us. Does that make sense? It's, uh -huh. it's, it's, it's bigger than just what I'm experiencing, even though I can clearly, measurably experience Is your that. belief that you we're discussing bigger than you as well, or is it just it, you? It, I, it acknowledges that I am part of something bigger and that we are part of something bigger. But I'm just trying to see how that, like how some things function in one way and some things function another way. Like some things seem to rely on rules and laws and maybe physics, mm -hmm. like the second law of thermodynamics. Yep. Yep. And other things don't rely. Other things we can feel free to believe it and that thing is true because we're believing it. It seems like there's two classes of things out there and I'm trying to understand how that works. Okay. Well, I mean, initially the way you're explaining that, how I see it is why is there a need to compartmentalize it? Why is there a need to put everything in a particular type of box? Just let things be what they are and have a level of acceptance and trust that some things 
are never going to provide you evidence, but you absolutely know that they're going to work. And then that there are other things that are measurable that we can prove and disprove very clearly and very succinctly. Because, I mean, the, what, what's the, the Webster's Dictionary version of uh, definition of truth? Not version, but definition of truth. It's something that is provable beyond like a shadow of a doubt, basically. Okay. Right? But when we're talking about things like beliefs, you really can't hold a, a true litmus test to that because every belief is formed within a person's own perception and their own filters, their own experiences. What I do know is very real and measurable is energy. What, what I hear you say is, is that your be- belief in the way you describe truth to me mm-hmm. is that your belief couldn't not be true because you believe it. Right. Exactly. Now, that might seem and look like blind conviction, but when there's an attachment to needing to be right about it, that's when it's blind conviction. I don't have to be right. It just has to be what feels good for me at the time. Like It doesn't and, seem like you could ever be wrong because it's true for well, you. Well, it's also how do you define wrong? Wrong, you're never wrong. There's never right, a wrong it thing. It couldn't be wrong, yeah. But like failure... You never fail at anything you do. We we often go through life and we're like, oh, man, that was such a mistake I made, right? But mistakes really are just successful ways in learning how not to do something. And so if you, if you shift your entire perception on how you're thinking of the construct or the concept of truth or mistake, shifting it towards that, well, I didn't fail. I just succeeded in not doing it correctly. And I, it, it doesn't deter you from still going after what's going to work for you, spiritually speaking. Empirically speaking, all that evidence, it, it's kind of right there, but sometimes you need to be able to look back and see it hindsight. Does that make sense? So, And that's that's been my observation, my experience in life that up until this point in my life, I really thought, well, maybe I haven't made all the best choices. You know, I've, I've had a child out of wedlock. I grew up in a very southern town. I've, I've, I've experienced some pretty heinous abuses in, in my younger childhood and stuff. Um, but I had a wonderful childhood. It's like, it kind of goes back to, would I change any of that? And like, would I still be who I am today? Knowing that I have literally, when I have started tackling certain emotional fears and attachments that I had within myself and my perception, it literally shifted the way I even regard the concept of truth and the concept of needing to prove that my belief is valid for someone else. And the reason I don't have to require that is because the truth that I make for my own belongs to me. I don't have to prove to everyone else that it's real because it works for me. And I just want to make the distinction that um, it seems like I'm not trying to discount that the belief. (laughs) I'm not trying to discount that the belief isn't helpful or useful. And I think we can all believe in a lot of things that are helpful and useful. and, Mm -hmm. and, And I don't want to take people's beliefs I don't want to try not to like 
I don't yank think people's you, beliefs away that when... I don't think that, you are. Yeah. You're and, asking very pointed questions that make people feel like... For, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, 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 no. But it's like it helps us to really start looking at, well, okay, that's your belief. But what if it was completely disproven? Some well, people... That's what I'm trying to, I mean, yeah. that's what I'm trying to understand. Trying to understand it with you is that um, it, would, it, it could be helpful and useful, yet it might not be true, objectively true. But I think you're telling me that's an impossibility with your belief. It has to be true because you believe it to be true. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, dis- disregarding all the experiential evidence that I have observed and experienced through my journey thus far. Yeah. It's it's been more about you know make your spiritual existence your own. It doesn't have to be defined by anybody else's. Um it doesn't have to be dogmatic, yeah. you know. And it 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 it's fluid. It's a ever evolving thing. So for me, if somebody comes and says everything you've ever believed is wrong, well, yeah, I'm sure I'm going to feel a certain kind of way about that to where I'm like, well, well, you know, word I'm not going to say on the microphone, but it's like, well, dang, um, that kind of sucks. But let me see what was it about my previous, what was it about that my beliefs that was holding me back b- before I saw this yeah. new truth. So, I mean, from- but, but it seems like you could have your belief today and you could, you yourself could have the opposite belief tomorrow. And what you believe today is true and what you believe tomorrow is still true. Yeah. And, and I think I just want to make sure that it doesn't make anything invalid. It just means that the purpose for that truth has outgrown its usefulness. But it just it confuses can, me when evolve. we say that everything is true, and and that that's and maybe it's just a limitation of my cognitive abilities. That well, that's when, how we we're brought up in society. Well, help me help me help me think through this. I mean, okay. I'm really trying to understand how you know if somebody tells me that um, a personal God as you believe it is true, and then somebody else tells me a personal God as you believe it is not true, and there's two people telling me their truths, and they both believe it, and I am to accept both as true, even though they're telling me opposite things. And okay, so my who's, brain telling breaks you, who's telling you that you have to believe both as true? Well... No one's saying I have to, but like if you're telling me that there is a personal God working in my life and somebody else tells me, no, there's not a personal God working in your life, that's an opposite belief. You both, you believe it's true and it's true for you. Mm-hmm. They believe it's true and it's true for them. And I'm like, well, my brain breaks when I think of trying to think of things that are opposite from each other and both be true. True at the same time. I'm trying to, I, it's hard for me to understand how that works. Okay, you, so <clears throat> the planet Earth. Yeah. Our, our three dimensional experience. Right. There's polarity there. Okay. We have north and south poles uh, for the Earth, mm-hmm. and they're equal and opposite. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, the structure of an atom 
You have protons, neutrons, and electrons. Neutrons don't carry a charge, but electrons carry a negative charge, and protons carry a positive charge. And generally speaking, there's got to be balance there. Okay, so you got to have like a little bit of that negative charge to balance out that positive charge. Otherwise, you have a charged ion in the atomic structure. Okay. Um, you follow me? Am I making sense? I'm trying. Okay, okay. But with that... If you don't have that balance, there's going to be something out of balance, okay? But I, I digress. That's not the point I'm trying to make. So you need opposite things to be true for them to be true? Not necessarily for them to be true, but for things to be in balance. Well, so, so, well I'm talking about tr- objectively real. Okay. Like, someone tells me that like a personal God is objectively real. Sarah tells me that a personal God is objectively not well. I'm sorry. You tell me <laughs> that a personal God is your truth. It is true, mm-hmm. and someone else tells me the opposite is true for them. They're, I'm hearing that there are two two people are telling me that they have personal truths that are true for them that are opposite. In my mind, I'm thinking, well, they both can't possibly be true at the same time. If you're telling me opposite, why things. can't they both be true? Well, tell me, please. I don't have an explanation as to why they can't both be true, because neither one of them is the right answer. Because So God exists and doesn't exist at the same time? It depends. You're a sovereign human being. You have sovereignty within you and the ability to make that choice for yourself. I'm trying to see like how me making a choice whether God is real or not affects whether God is real or not. Well, you're trying to prove something... That if you want to prove that God isn't real, you can. Because God, even though in my belief God is ever present right. in in the the molecules of this wood, in, and, and in the leaves the of that bush. And Sarah, Sarah is just like this is yeah, nothing just, but inanimate objects. Let's say she says the yeah, right. Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's her truth, and she believes it's true, and your truth. And and it seems like you're telling me there's not an objective truth that that they're both just true beliefs. And I just find okay. it hard to put my head around that. Okay, okay. So let me see if we can go about this a slightly different way. Okay. Our brain is composed of our consciousness and our subconsciousness, yes or no? Um, you're asking if I believe that? No, I'm asking if it has been clinically accepted by the medical world that we have a subconscious and we have a conscious within our brain in our neural network um there well the way i understand it since you're asking me there's things that are in our our awareness and things that are not in our awareness right and so what colloquially speaking what's not in our awareness is kind of coined our subconscious yes I'm not sure. Okay, fair enough. Okay. <laughs> for for all intensive purposes of this conversation, we have our subconscious and we have our conscious. Okay. Our consciousness. Okay. So our consciousness is, you know, less than probably half of the percentage that we use of our brain. According to um, the uh, Association of Psychiatry or Psychology, I can't remember. Um, I don't have all my... Yeah, my, yeah, my and that's, books. that's okay. I mean, but yeah. um, 
it's pretty much generally agreed that, you know, a vast majority of our neuronal network in our brain is subconscious that we are not fully aware okay. of what's going on in there. Okay. But our memories, our experiences, all of that is kind of logged into that subconscious. And every once in a while, like we'll pull up a memory from that subconscious. Okay. okay. But it has been pretty much proven that our memory is fallible that sure. that based on our level of perception something to be factual as to what really occurred in a certain experience or situation will not be recounted factually it will be recounted by an eyewitness from their perspective so i think what you're telling me is like when people remember things memory is largely a, re a reconstructive process that there is something that happened and then we may reconstruct it in a way that that is closer to how it might have happened or in a different way that we have right. perceived it's, it. Right. Right. So our subconscious is a big part of our brain and how it works and our memory and stuff like that. But it is a huge part compared to what our actual conscious awareness is as we're going around. And I'm just, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to understand like I'm trying to say like how our conscious or subconscious or unconscious, how, that affects whether Something what is Sarah says is true or whether what you say. I have say a point, I promise. Okay, please okay, go ahead. Okay. I, I'm sorry to cut you so, off. Go no, ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, so our subconscious and our conscious are kind of like at a tug of war. Okay. Just for intensive purposes of the conversation, let's say our subconscious is 85% of our brain okay. and, and all the workings that's going on, and then our consciousness is 15%. In that tug of war, subconscious is going to win every time. The whole process of finding what your truth is, is learning and, and delving into your subconscious a little bit to see, okay, why do I have this particular type of memory or experience that's causing me to live a certain way in my life this boils down to for me in my personal experience like how i'm living spiritually yeah, i'm, I'm so, trying to understand how that makes opposite things true it doesn't make opposite things true it's what makes truth relative because your subconscious is going to make something true even if it wasn't how do because My, because it's 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 then, all based then I'm trying in, to understand how <laughs> what I think about it, how that makes it true in the sense that, you know, if I go to the store, and um, somebody gives me I buy something and they give me a dollar uh, change, and I do my math and they should have given me two dollars change mm -hmm. and they say well it's my personal truth that i only only one dollar and i say it's well that's it's my accurate. what's that that's not accurate what's not accurate the math like you you can't just say oh because i want this to be true i'm gonna make it true well that's what i'm trying to understand like with sarah has the opposite belief of you and presumably if her truth is if, if her belief is not correct she can't make it correct and i'm thinking if your belief isn't correct you can't make it's it more correct. okay so my truth is my truth because that's what I choose for my truth to be, yes. And I realize that that sounds very much like a contradiction for what we just said about the change example. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the thing is this. <clears throat> You're trying to fit everything in, well, not you, but we're trying to fit something in a particular box. 
and to make it fit nice and pretty, and it's not going to. And the reason that it's not going to is because when you're talking about spirituality, religion, uh, what people's true belief structures are, they are all relative and based on their experiences and observations and different things that have happened throughout their life. So you cannot define that as true or not true. The existence... So you can have beliefs that are opposite from each other mm -hmm. and if they're in the spiritual realm then those can be that's not a contradiction both can be true but if it's in a physical realm then that is a contradiction right yes i guess then i would be left i guess my question would be at that point is It begs the question whether, how do we know even the spiritual realm is true? How do we know that it's true? I mean, is it possible that everything, I'm just, okay. just bear with me. Yeah. Is it possible that everything is somehow in the physical realm that does have contradictions with truth? Mm -hmm. And that, let's say, is it possible the spiritual realm isn't a thing and if it wasn't a thing, how would we even, could we even find that out? Is that something we could Okay, so know? I have experienced spirits directly. Uh -huh. um, I have observed my glasses sitting on a glass table. Yeah. And I had just set them there. Right. And then they moved about six inches to the right. Right. Without any explicable reason. Now, I'm a firm believer in if something occurs that's really weird... First off, you want to do a process of elimination of could it have been X, Y, and Z things that are absolutely explainable and measurable. But with beliefs in your realm that you're talking about, it doesn't – you could go through all that, but it seems like that wouldn't matter because in the end, if you believe it and you have faith in it, that it is true. So you could go down that route, but I think in the end, it wouldn't matter? So – it, it all matters, but it doesn't at the same time. And I, I realize, like, how this is just like a circular thing we're going through right now. But A, a little bit. Just, yeah, I'm, I don't mean but, to be. I'm really trying to understand. No, it's, it's confusing to me. And, and I've had other conversations with people like this, with other people like this before. Right. And I, it, it just, I really, um, and it could just be a limit of how I am able to um, perceive the world or understand um, these more difficult concepts. It could just be as simple as that. Well, well, I mean, we tend to make things difficult when they really aren't. And it's, and I'm not saying that you are, it's just that we have been conditioned and kind of brought up in a society where we need this empirical evidence and there is no place for the existence of anything supernatural or metaphysical without it being able to be measurable. Now, one thing, um, one example I'd like to point out is that Reiki. Reiki is something that's actually um, recognized by the National Institute of Health. Reiki is something that is becoming more and more uh, present in hospitals and things like that. There are also studies that would... Um, but that doesn't matter to you. I mean, I understand that... Of course that it does. I, 
Oh, it of does. course it does. Oh. Of course that matters to me. Oh, okay. Because it helps to validate to everyone who would doubt why this has to be well, my it helps, truth. It helps confirm to yeah. you that what you already know is true. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so, but even if it didn't confirm to you that it was true, you'd still have the belief. Yes. That's what I think okay. that's all I'm okay. saying. Okay. And, and, and I think with, what confuses me with the, you know, the with spiritual beliefs that there's nothing, I guess the, in the nature of how we say these things are true, there's really nothing disconfirming. I mean, there's nothing that we could say to show anybody that it's not true if it, because it couldn't not be true. You are listening to Being Reasonable on WHUP. We will continue part two of our conversation with Joelle Thomas, a professional intuitive and shamanic practitioner who believes that we are all interconnected through a higher power right after this short break. There's really nothing disconfirming. I mean, there's nothing that we could say to show anybody that it's not true if it, because it couldn't not be true. And so I guess I, I can see it better that 
it's just it's very if it's if it's something we're calling spiritual and I believe it, it is true, and you can't it can't be disconfirmed, but it's true for me. And if I believe something else differently a week from now, then that's true as well. And I'm just maybe I'm thinking it'd be, it it would be more powerful of a belief if it didn't depend on me so much. You know, that it just... Yeah, but you are God incarnate. You have the divine spark of creation within you. And so, like I said earlier, it always comes back to self. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks or says or does. You are a divine creation, but you're in a human body, and you're having a human experience, but there is an eternal part to that and, 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 I, and I understand that and I think and, if, and that's true from your perspective because you believe it is true mm-hmm. and I mean um, so energy that we emit is mm-hmm. very measurable um, human beings emit an electromagnetic field just like Mother Earth does. Very similarly to the way that inner molten iron core is spinning and creates the magnetic field of the Earth, we have these energetic centers. And you can literally feel them. I typically feel them as heat or a little bit of tingling whenever I'm working in someone else's energetic field. And, you know, to, to... to tell you, oh, I'm going to prove to you that this is true in some way, the only way I could do that is to lay you on the table if you were open to experiencing what I'm doing. Yeah, and, and, and uh, presumably Sarah could say the opposite and she'll could lay you on the table and you could, I could not feel it. And, and I'm sort of left at the same spot. Like, you're telling me it's true and she's telling me it's, it's not true and, and, and it doesn't really... Well, I guess, I guess for one thing... When Sarah and I are sitting beside each other, I don't view her as an adversary. No, no, no. And, and I or, don't want or, this to be. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't view it as something that I'm trying to prove but or disprove. I think it's for, I'm, from my perspective. I'm trying to, you know. You want to see I, who's I, right. I, I would like to. Right. Or, or, I'm not saying, like, morally right. or I'm more, like, factually correct. Yeah. And you're telling me with these kinds of beliefs, not only is that the wrong question, it's, it, it's impossible it's an impossible question to ask, I think, you're telling me. Um, well, I think asking that type of question is based in our analytical, egoic mind. Meaning, we're trying to use the part of our brain that's best for analytical thought, doing mathematics, putting together furniture, whatever, to analyze something on a much deeper level. If if there was no such thing, it's kind of like thing, trying to use a spoon when you need a knife. If there was no such thing as let's say mm-hmm. as personal as a personal truth, let's say mm-hmm. let's say truth as we describe it, maybe let's as a thought experiment say that belief that truth in this case, is objective. It doesn't matter what I believe about it. It's true. You mean it's subjective? No, I'm saying what if it was objective? Okay. In the sense that it didn't require, it didn't matter, it was outside of me, didn't pretend, it didn't matter whether I believed it or not, that thing was just true or not true. Yeah. If truth worked that way, could you, would you be able to find that out? And I'm trying to think if truth worked your way and 
not the way that I think how truth works would I be able to find that out. And um, I think I could. I think I could find that out. That if truth was a very subjective thing and it depended on the person, mm-hmm. I think I could set up a number of, any number of studies to show that. And, and, and I think I'd accept it if that was how it worked. If truth was an objective thing, like a, like independent of what you believe, is there a way you could find that out? So if we take the whole concept of, I believe this to be true out of the equation. Yeah. And... Be like, oh, well, energy body, the energy body is real. There have been studies to show that the energy body, there's some tangible evidence there. Yeah. That does not matter whether or not I believe it. But there have been plenty of, you know, scientific or medical studies that have proven something to be true immeasurably, only to find out later that it wasn't. And think about... The practice of a lobotomy. It used to be thought that that was a real help to people. But then we've realized it was kind of barbaric. We kind of, you know, saw the harm that it was doing much longer term. Yeah. And and so... And so in that case, we're, I think we're talking more of a value judgment, whether, whether slicing someone's prefrontal cortex away is a good thing or not a good thing. But, but you know... The way I'm seeing it is the act of slicing someone's prefrontal cortex away. Either we've done that or not, or have not done that. And well, both the, of those can't be true at the same time. Well, I mean, okay. So, and I'm not trying. I know. No, I, I, no, I, I hope this are, doesn't sound adversarial. Oh no! I really, this, I just, I mean, I've been, I've been here before with other people, and I'm just, and I'm just. I would just, I would just love a better way to talk about this, and I know sometimes we might be talking past each other, and it just, it's really, and thank you for hanging in there with me I'll because it's really fine. important for me to personally to really be able to talk about this well because I talk about this kind of thing a lot, yeah, and um, and and maybe it's just something that's it's an impasse, and it could be just how we are choosing to describe the word truth. It could be as simple as that. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean. Our definition of things evolves over time. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, think of the word gay, for example. It used to mean happy. Right. And now it means something totally different, referring sexual orientation. How did that come to be? It's because we as a species are ever-changing and evolving and we're continuing to learn. So, individually speaking, when we're talking about truth... And trying to prove whether something is true or not, I think that evolves with time. It doesn't. It's not something that's set in stone. There are certain universal laws that are always going to kind of prove to be true. But even in you know quantum mechanics and stuff, they prove that those in those certain conditions, it's not true. So ultimately, to to ask. How can we prove something is objectively true or not, or tell me which one is true? That is a loaded question that is incredibly difficult to answer because 
truth in and of itself is based on something that is relative. Yeah, and I think that's where I think that's where we are or I think we're having difficulty with the, with that connection here is that and I know you see truth that way and I guess the way I see truth is that it's irrelevant to the person. Yeah. It doesn't matter what I believe either the thing is true or not true and that spans across everything that there's no mm-hmm. certain classes of information that that can be true and not true at the same time that to me that's a contradiction that contradicts some maybe some basic principles of logic or basic principles of how you understand the world works uh, cause and effect very basic things mm-hmm. physics and I don't, I don't, it's hard for me to conceptualize that there is a world that functions on different rules, but I, and when asked to know how these rules are applied, there's not evidence for this. There's just, by definition, mm-hmm. there's just not evidence for it. And, um, and I guess we're saying that that necessitates a leap of faith, and maybe for me that's just hard for me to take. Well... Okay, <clears throat> there technically is evidence for a lot of what, say, for instance, a shaman does. Now, I'm very leery about calling myself a shaman. I was not born into that lineage of any type. I, I went to it as a practice to adopt. But that's a true belief from your perspective. Yes, as yeah. a shamanic practitioner. Right. But, I mean, you know, Today's world and society is really caught up on labels, and I just try not to get into that fight. But my point yeah. is, is that there is no doubt in my mind, period, based on experiences time and time again. For me, the evidence happens during the experience, but that's not something that I can reproduce that exact same moment. We're going to have to produce your own experience to to show you what that truth is in the shamanic practice. So there's no doubt in my mind that with shamanism, with energy work, there's definitely something going on that is beyond our level of comprehension and yeah, true perception. And I, know you, and I know you believe that, and, I, and I'm, not, um, I'm not saying that you're, you're wrong. I, I just... Right. Uh, for, maybe for me, I just... When I... To me, I I want to know. To me, maybe it's not as powerful to know something and to say that it is true for me. To me, it's more powerful. It's a more powerful belief that if I believe it or not believe it, it has no relationship to whether that thing is true or not. It makes it more... It makes it more powerful. It, has, it doesn't hinge on me. You know what I mean? I don't know if I, I'm probably not saying that well. No, I, um, I, I mean, I do think I understand what you're trying to say. It's like you want it to be true just because it's true, not because you believe it. Yeah, that's basically what I'm right. saying. Right, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, shamanism, I know, is real. I didn't always believe it. 
I found it. Yeah, and I just can see Sarah <laughs> saying, like, I don't believe in shamanism. It's not real, and I haven't found it. And that's true. And so I just, you know. Well, that would be different. Let me let me ask, what is Sarah experienced with shamanism? How can you speak on something you've never experienced? There are, there are plenty of people who have practiced shamanism and said, you know what, it really wasn't for me. Yeah, but, and I think but, that, and that clarifies, I think, you know, I guess, and you're, I think you're, you're speaking to my point. the one thing they've never said, though, is that they didn't think it was real or not real. Well, they've just said, that's not how I want to practice. No, Sarah says it's not real. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So my, my question is, have you experienced it so that you can in, make an informed decision to say, I know for a fact it's not real? And let's say Sarah says, it may be real. It may not be real, but whether I think it's real or I think it's not real has no bearing on whether it is real or not real. Well, let's look to history a little bit. Every single ancient culture, indigenous Mm -hmm. culture across the continents, they all have some sort of reference to some sort of energetic body. Yeah, yeah. and Sarah says, go ahead. And some sort of mechanism by which they are working with it. And Sarah says still, uh, I don't see any evidence for it. Uh, there's been, uh, people have believed in things, all sorts of things throughout history that didn't turn out to be real. Like, uh, you know, for most of human history, people believe that the uh, sun circled the earth. And now we know the earth circles the sun, she says. And so to me, that doesn't really, you know, okay. what people did in the past, whatever, um, she says, I just don't believe it because I don't see evidence for it. And um, and I would just say, well, you don't have to believe it. Right. And because, she said, I mean, and oftentimes I'm like, spirit's always going to be working in your life, whether you believe it or not. So, right. So she can believe that it's not a real thing, but it could actually be a real thing and she could be wrong. Yeah. Well, okay. Well. But the thing is, is that... <clears throat> For me, yes, I acknowledge, and and for me, I know spirit is real. But for her to tell me that it's not real, yeah, what I realize and am and am acknowledging and and kind of honoring for Sarah's sovereignty is that that's your truth. You think it's not real, and so for you, that makes it true that it is not real. But and then from my perspective is is that you might be right, she might be right. I don't know. I, I might. I did I, not because I'm not the holder of what is. I don't for, might for, not know as but, the outside but the party. I, you're going to have to make your own choice. I might have to make my own choice. Yeah. But but what I'm saying is is that there is a truth there, and I might not know it. I'm saying the truth might be the objective truth might be closer to what she's saying. It might be closer to what you're saying. I don't, and I might not know what it is. But there, I'm. What I'm saying is that that there is a truth there that doesn't matter what I think about it, that either um, shamanism is a real thing or it's not a real thing. And it's just, it just is what it is. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's, that's what spirit is. That's what God is. It is what it is. It doesn't require the necessity to be proven until it's time for you to be ready to accept that truth. I would say in, you know, she would say that I she, would say that Sarah's not ready to be in that in that level of recognition of that. Yeah, and I could see her saying, "Well, you know, you're not 
in uh, you're, you're not ready dumb. to you're, you're not ready to sheep. accept yeah. the real truth. And so it's, I mean, yeah, I can see her saying it's literally a circular argument. Yeah. But eventually, one of us has to stop being attached to the need to be right. I may know that I'm right, but I don't have to go around telling everybody that I am. And if you feel like you need the evidence for it, then I trust that you're going to receive that evidence in proper timing. It's not necessarily my place to put it in front of you unless you come to me and ask, hey, Joel, can can we can we figure out some 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 tests that we can do? Can, are you willing to go down that rabbit hole with me? And I'm like, sure, you know, yeah. yeah but it's not my place to tell you that you're wrong or that I know what to be true is true because yeah, and we're, yeah. anyone can believe what they want to believe. And yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And, and I think, and, and when I ask these questions, it's more not to say that you shouldn't believe this or you shouldn't believe that it's more to on a quest to, if something is true or not true, how we could go about finding that out reliably, you know, a reliable means to find that out. And in a way that we can feel confident that what we know we really know. Okay. So let's take commercials and advertising for business. Yeah. Would you trust a commercial more versus hearing someone's experience of that business? Because what is more effective and what is more trustworthy? The advertisement on television or the computer or someone telling you through their own experience it was a great experience and you should go there. That's great. I think you're right. Those are, those are two ways you've mentioned two ways to know whether, let's say there's a product you, let's say you bought a television set and you want to know whether tele, you want to buy a television set, whether the television set is a good television set. You can either go by whether your friend says, uh, Oh, that's a good television set. Or you can go by, um, what, um, um, Walmart says it's the highest Walmart rated or the commercial or you see yeah, or like yeah. that. And, and back to how I like to know things, in that case, I would like to know what, um, hopefully, a more objective source is, like what, communi- like what Consumer Reports says that doesn't have um, skin in the game, doesn't really care what's the best TV set in the sense that they don't have a, a dog in the fight, and they more can tell you what's more aligned with maybe what's more objectively real in that case. That's how I'd want to know it. Okay, so... Clearly, Sarah and I are on opposing sides yeah. of a particular question. Right. So you're the one without a dog in the fight. Right. You're the one who gets to determine. I know. Right. Right. So how would you do that? Well, so far, I'm not finding a way to do it. And so far, she's telling me the opposite, and she's relying on faith, and you're telling me one thing, and you're relying on faith, and she, and then you'll tell you have personal experience that this is true, and she has personal experience that this is not true, and and yeah, but the fact that she's relying on faith contradicts her whole thing there because technically wouldn't that mean faith doesn't exist for her how say it again so you said okay so i'm relying on faith that mine is real she's relying on faith that her her truth is the truth right sure but the very fact that she's utilizing faith in order to prove her truth that nothing spiritual exists and this is a bunch of hokum contradicts the fact because she's using faith in order to do it and it's like that's the very principle of what i'm doing so therefore she's actually proving my case right because she's having to utilize faith in order to do it she's simply saying that the lack of evidence means that it can't be true but let's say let's say that in that case she says she says that well faith um 
is not a is not a reliable method to to find out what's true. To to believe in things that you don't have um, evidence for is not a way to know something. This is what Sarah says. Okay. And so let's we'll say that that okay. would logically follow from what okay. her belief is. Okay. Back there. Okay. Um. And and back to why we're talking about this. Yeah. Is that you're asking me like, well, how are you going to decide between me and Sarah? Yeah. And right now, I don't really. I don't have nothing I can hang my hat on, and that's, um, and that's, um, more like what how I like to know things. And, like I like to have a way to know things that I feel confident that they happen to be true if they're true, and whether I believe it or not, it doesn't seem to matter to that. And that's typically how I go about things. Mm-hmm. And you're asking me, um, and otherwise to find out what is. You're saying to find out what's between true between what you and Sarah says. First of all, that's the wrong question because we um, there can both be true. So to say that it'd be a different what's true and not true is a difference without a distinction. I think you're telling me. Um, okay. I think you're telling me. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just. We, uh, I think we see the the world really differently. I think it's awesome, and I think uh, it's. Um, I just wish there was a better way to bridge that gap to a, talk a about better, it. a better way to be like, well, I, I I know that it's valid because of these independent things. <clears throat> well, hmm. And, and and you don't have to prove anything to me. I mean, right, right. And I, I just but, but you know, the, the just, whole concept of being like, well, well, how do you know that it's true? And ultimately, well, how do we know anything? I mean, how do we know what we know? What well, we say that we know? Well, you know? I mean, ultimately, we don't. Ultimately, everything requires a little bit of. All right. Well, how's it going to work out? I don't know. It's a mystery, but we just trust that it's going to go right. Um, but. The only way, in my opinion, in, or in my perspective, my experience, the only way to really see something as true is to experience it, whether it is through personal experience or doing it empirically through the scientific method and not skewing the data, just simply allowing it to be observed for what it is. It seems like the data doesn't really matter in the sense like a belief like this. Like the data could show you that it's true or could show you that it's not true, but that's not going to affect whether you believe. Well, I mean, have we found Jesus Christ's grave? That's not going to affect whether you believe it or not. Right. It's not going to affect whether we believe that he was a real historical person, but it would help validate that. But there are... So there's ways that can confirm that There are ways that everything can confirm. But there's... Not as many ways that confirm, Without disconfirm it. the belief is not true, and right. and and that's the nature of your belief, and that's and I just I find that it, I find it interesting. Um, yeah, well, I, think, <laughs> I appreciate you coming. I, think, I don't. I didn't I don't, mean. I didn't mean to go in such a tangent like this, and sometimes I end up doing that. Oh, it's but, okay. I, but, I, but I find you know, right. I've just had these. Conver- I've had these conversations before. I find them very interesting, and I, I really get a better, much better sense of how you see the world and how you believe your belief. And I really, I really do. I think I get mm-hmm. a sense of how you see that and how a lot of this hinges on how you view that word truth and how you see truth in general. Just mm-hmm. the concept. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, um, and that's part of the reason why I do the podcast. Right, right. Well, Thanks. this has been a wonderful opportunity. I've absolutely loved the conversation. Yeah. I, I definitely enjoy the 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 intellectual stimulation and the fact that, you know, a lot of times is especially experiencing it from other people or, you know, people around me asking questions like this makes it feel as if they're being challenged and we're really not. It's, right. it's just kind of like, but these well, are conversations. I think a lot of us need to have more of, you know, absolutely. in this world. Yeah. I absolutely agree. Yeah. Um, but you know, the only way to, to, I guess, to sum all this up sure. and everything <laughs> is I cannot prove to you what is true or not. Mm -hmm. I can only experience with you what I know to be true and share with you my experiences and you get to decide what it is is true especially when it comes to shamanism and you know my beliefs in that regard um, because I don't necessarily regard shamanism as a belief to be quite honest it's more of a practice it's more of an acknowledgement of that invisible part of us and I'm working with that and I do use a lot of intuitive um, aspects to that, but ultimately everything is vibrating at a certain frequency because the atoms that make up the molecules in the air, the wood, this microphone, you know, your coat, they're all vibrating in a certain frequency. They're all oscillating. And that is proven beyond a shadow of a doubt. So for, for me, I know that energy is very real. For me to define it one way or another, like God or whatever, that's all based on my perception. But the energy part is absolutely real and it's irrefutable by empirical evidence through science. So, I mean, that part... Sarah could try to contradict me all day, but it's like atoms are real. They do oscillate. Everything has an energetic frequency. Whether or not it is measurable with our naked eye or we have to elucidate instruments, maybe we haven't figured out all the instruments yet that can measure everything that we're doing in the spiritual type realm. But I promise you they're coming because as we evolve, we are becoming smarter, more intellectual, and we're eventually going to get there to where we are going to be able to elucidate what is true and what is not. Well, you definitely have a high level of confidence in your belief, and uh, <laughs> and so that's uh, um, that definitely comes across. And I appreciate you coming; I oh, really do. Thank uh, you for having me. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yes, thank you. From the WHUP studios in downtown Hillsboro, North Carolina, I'm Mark Solomon, and you've just listened to another episode of Being Reasonable. Questions, thoughts. Connect with us at beingreasonableshow.com. See you next week.
Now that's what I call funky. Enjoy funk. 